Welcome in on a Friday. How's everybody getting you ready for the weekend? Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. Thank you to Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, bringing you hour number one of Steelman and Thune here on the home of Sooner fans, the Rep Radio Network. Yes, we have hit the weekend, Daniel Craig, and there is no doubt this is a portal weekend in Norman. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. That is what was, the, what was that sound effect? That, like? That's the portal right Oh, that's there, the portal Opening right up in Norman, right over Norman, and all the prospects just come straight through it. I and, didn't realize, uh, I didn't realize that was what it sounded like. Yes. I've never heard the portal before. Yeah, that, that's the portal right there. That's the portal. All right, uh, so Parker, you're a lot uh, more dialed in on this stuff than I am, but here's, here's who I'm hearing again. Uh, Jackson Dart, obviously, I guess came in yesterday. Michael Trigg, also from USC. Uh, Jackson Player, Jeffrey Johnson, uh, Makai Wingo, Connie Walker from Louisville, defensive back, C.J. Colden, cornerback Wyoming, Trey Morrison, uh, cornerback North Carolina, Andrew Sanders, the uh, former Alabama linebacker out of Denton, Texas, who at one time was committed to OU. Missing anyone? Dang, Mike. I don't think you are. I'm impressed. Well, you know, I've got sources, and, uh, you know, I hear things here and there. And uh, mo- most of them, I hear voices in my head. But, uh, you know, that's a that's an interesting list right there, Parker. And uh, this is crazy, man. It's like, uh, you know, there is regular recruiting now, and there is portal recruiting now. That's right. And, and they're two different things almost, right? I mean, they're totally different the way you go after these prospects, the amount of time you have with these prospects, how quickly decisions are made in the portal, which is like the microwave decision almost, unless you're Caleb Williams, of course, and you're slow roasting in a crock pot right now. But uh, what are we thinking about this weekend? Uh, Jackson Dart, I guess, would be the headline, and uh, maybe Drew Sanders? I think both of those guys could be the headline. I would say – Arguably, in my eyes, the headliner among the visitors this weekend is Josh Connerly, the five-star offensive lineman out of the state of Washington, who has never visited Oklahoma in any capacity, has never been to the state of Oklahoma. And so here we are getting very, very close to the end of the 2022 recruiting cycle. National Signing Day is, what, two and a half weeks away at this point? And Oklahoma's getting an official visit from a kid that has never been to campus before and that is a, and that is a five-star talent, a national top 25 prospect. See, and we're thinking a lot about the portal prospects coming in, right? But you've still got uh, regular high school kids also, correct? Uh, with the dead period ending and it opening up again. So, uh, man, it, recruiting is – is recruiting the biggest job you have? Uh, I know you're spending time in your meetings – and, you know, and game prep and obviously game day, all of that. But recruiting is such a huge job for all these guys. Recruiting is 24-7, 365 days a year, Mike. It never stops. You never get a break. And, you know, and I don't want to speak for Bob Stoops, but I will anyway. Uh, I, I'm guessing that Bob may have gone like maybe five more years or so if he just had to do the football part of it, you know. And I, I, again, I'm just guessing here. But if he was just, you know, prepping for games and having game days and he wasn't part of having to go recruit, recruit, recruit and uh, deal with that all the time, just the coaching aspect of it, 
you know, it, it's kind of like uh, what we do here. Everybody thinks, well, you turn on a microphone, you talk sports for a couple of hours, and you go home. No, there's a lot of prep work that goes into it. There are a lot of phone calls that are made, uh, pregame shows and everything. And it's not backbreaking work. But the hard part of the job, the one that's not quite as fun, is all the prep work, right? And that's, uh, you know, recruiting is that times 10, it seems like, for a college football coach. Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. One of our listeners says, just get that five-star lineman a triple at Whataburger and he'll sign today. Brent can vouch for the effectiveness of Whata. Well, yeah, he went right for that double cheeseburger, didn't he? And he no, he did the triple. The uh, triple was, that's right, it rings. was the triple. It was the triple. Triple that's with right. onion rings. Man. That is the Brent Venables special. And you got to know that on adrenaline, he probably slept like three hours. I wonder how Brent felt in the morning when he woke up after that meal. By the way, one of our listeners just sent this in, and I saw this this morning. It's kind of funny. Brendan Rice, the son of Jerry Rice, Mm -hmm. played at Colorado this past year, entered the transfer portal, and has been exploring his options as one does, right? He visited USC a couple days ago, and then he tweeted after leaving the visit, I really almost committed, cry laughing emoji, LOL, God helped me dodge a bullet for real. Nice. We love that kid. We love him. Sign him now. Uh, you know, I don't know if he'd be able to play a lot. I mean, if he's got any of uh, Jerry. Where was Jerry? Mississippi Valley State uh, back in the day. And, man, I'm thinking about those Cowboys 49ers games. And we've got one coming up Sunday afternoon. When that was for the NFC Championship, it seemed like year after year they had a three-year stretch where the winner of that game in the NFC Championship won the Super Bowl and won it handily. So I like that. I like that a lot. USC's facilities are not very good. Less than stellar, one might say. Yes. Uh, I, and, I don't know. I, I hear the campus, again, is not in the best part of town, too. So maybe maybe Mule Shoe will fall flat on his Mule Shoe ass out there i doubt it but i'd love to see it i'm certainly rooting for it oh yeah i tell you what mike as far as as far as ou is concerned as far as the list of visitors that you got coming in this weekend i fully expect that you will see at least five to six commitments made really i don't know if they all go public this weekend but i would expect that among the contingent that's visiting this weekend between high school guys and portal guys Mm -hmm. At least five or six of them are going to be Sooners. All right. Uh, so what we're hearing on Jackson Dart is it's down to three, Oklahoma, Ole Miss, and TCU? I would say down to two, Oklahoma and Ole Miss. I don't know where the TCU I don't. When from. I heard that, too, I'm like, uh, uh, well, that's Chandler Morris's team, right? Well, or Max Duggan's <laughs> yeah, team. That, you you, you right, got a Max viable Duggan's quarterback back, battle yeah. right there. You want to throw a third guy into the fire and create chaos? Well, uh, but he would be a better prospect than both of those guys, though, don't you think? Jackson Dart. And, look, Chandler Morris had that unbelievable game against Baylor. Where, wouldn't he throw, like, for 500 yards in that game? Had an amazing game. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Do you is this like a bigger version of the Sooner Summit without Caleb Williams? I don't know if I would liken it to the Sooner Summit, just because the circumstances surrounding that whole ordeal were very, very different. I mean, we we will get recruiting weekends like this from time to time, where it just so happens that all the stars align and you get a myriad of big names all in on campus at the exact same time. And this is one of those weekends for OU. And 
I, gosh, you try to keep a running list in your head, you're close to double digits as far as portal guys. And then obviously uh, the high school guy that I mentioned earlier that is kind of the headliner in this whole deal is Josh Connolly Jr. out of Washington. So like I said, it's going to be a big, big weekend for the Sooners, and there will be a payoff. If you're looking at portal prospects only this weekend, and let's say you get three of those guys committed this weekend, what is the best case scenario uh, for Oklahoma that would be the home run? Let's say if you can even stretch it to four, four of those guys. Jackson Dart, obviously, but who else would you like to see? Michael Trigg, Jackson Player, uh you know, Chubba Purdy's visited, but that's very unlikely. If Dart, you know, uh, commits yeah. to Oklahoma, he'll go to Nebraska, it looks like. Uh, Jeffrey Johnson from Tulane, Wingo from Missouri, C.J. Colden from Wyoming, uh, the Morrison kid, Trey Morrison from uh, Carolina, North Carolina, or Drew Sanders. Uh, three or four of those, what would be the grand slam? I mean, the grand slam would be Jackson Dart, Michael Trigg, Drew Sanders, and probably Jackson Player. That, in my mind, would be – I mean, those are those are the four top guys. And Jackson Player is the defensive lineman from Tulsa. That's right. So those, those are the four top guys that OU's after in my eyes. However, more realistically, and if you're looking at the positions of need at which OU has a more immediate necessity to bring in a couple guys to contribute – you're really hoping you land Trey Morrison and C.J. Colden, which it looks like is going to happen. And again, nothing's for sure with regard to the transfer portal, but it looks like those guys are pretty heavily leaning OU. And particularly after Latrell McCutcheon hit the transfer portal earlier this week, you need some help in the defensive backfield. You at least need some depth. And those guys provide it. And Dart and Trigg apparently were roommates at USC, so you, you would... That would kind of lead you to believe that where one goes, the other is also going. So that seems like a package deal at this point. And so if you get Dart or you get Trig, odds are you're getting the other along with him. And uh, you mentioned Colden and Morrison, both cornerbacks. Uh, C.J. Colden from Wyoming and, again, Trey Morrison from North Carolina. So it's going to be a very interesting weekend, and we expect some news happening this weekend, yes. Uh, you would say if you throw the high school kids in there also – uh, at the most, what would you expect? Maybe like six commits between everybody who comes in? Would that be like probably? I You could see as many as seven, eight, maybe nine. Really? That's how big this weekend could be. Now, again, that's best case scenario. I'm not saying expect that. But I think it is reasonable to expect that four to six of the guys that are visiting this weekend will end up wearing the Crimson and Cream in 2022. All right, so a portal weekend is underway for the Sooners. Uh, we're underway here on Steelman and Thune at noon on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Great to have you with us on a Friday. We have former Sooner Anthony Fogle coming on uh, to join us at 1235. Brandon Drum for his regular Friday rotation spot at 135 today. It's going to be a busy day. Thank you to Tim Lasher. Lasher, Home Comfort System, sponsoring hour number one here on the home of Sooner fans. The Ref Radio Network, Steelman and Thune. One guy who is not sold on the Sooners' future coming up next. Uh, you may think this guy's an idiot. He's really good at what he does, but uh, he'll probably anger you with some of these comments right here. 
we've got it coming up. By the way, Steelman and Thune here at noon on the uh, home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network, where Sooner Sports is the main dish and everything else is a puny little side dish for whiny little soy boys. Or fancy lads now. Fancy lads also. You ever met a soy boy before? I mean, I'm sure I have. Yeah, you just didn't know okay, for sure. Uh, tell me this. Tell me this. How do you categorize a soy boy? I don't know. Uh, they carry around soy. Do they drink soy milk? Uh, you know, they, oh, okay. that kind of thing. Okay, they're yeah. those people. Well, yeah. Yeah, yes, in that case, I've met many a soy boy. Really? So you are you hanging around with a lot of soy boys? Come I, on. I don't try get to. get you over to the, uh, the testosterone clinic, man. Get you back being an Oklahoma alpha male. But, no, you, need, <laughs> you would be a Nebraska alpha male. Even though you graduated from the University of Oklahoma, you are a Husker alpha. Uh, I don't don't, know don't speak that evil upon me. You, you're not a husker at heart, but you were born a corn husker and a transformed. No, I, I, I was not. I, I thought was you not were, born. In. I thought you were born in Nebraska. No, you I were was just raised hey, in Nebraska. You, you, have I never told you this, Mike? I was born in the heart of enemy territory. No, I was born in Austin, Texas. Good lord! What? Uh huh. Check that boy for three sixes during the next break, will you, please? <laughs> Somebody get on that. Austin, Texas, really? How yes. long did you spend in Austin? Yeah, two years. So, Nebraska is all I've really ever known, mm-hmm. at least until I moved to Oklahoma. But Wow, I, I did not know that. Man, you were like Casey Thompson is what you are. I know. Casey Austin, Thompson and I have Lincoln, taken- and Norman. Or what, what little piddly place were you born in Nebraska? Or not born, but raised in? Uh, Omaha? Oh, Omaha's not piddly. No, it's, I mean, not piddly. it's about the only non-piddly yeah, place that in the was, state of They've got a lot of piddly places in Nebraska. We've got some piddly places here, too. But uh, anyway, so uh, the big news during the offseason, obviously, is you had two weasels who left two uh, really good jobs and did it in the most weaselly way possible. We already knew that Brian Kelly was an absolute weasel. There's no doubt about that. Little did we know, because we didn't know Muleshoe at all, really. And uh, now we come to know that, man, this guy is so deceptive. I mean, he should be in politics. If they if they end up canning him at USC or if he goes into anything else, just go into politics where you can lie all the time. In fact, if you're not lying in politics these days, you're you're not doing it right. I mean... But we were lied to. We were lied to by that creature. Uh, And, you know, we kept thinking again all year long, man, what is this? The whole thing is a mystery wrapped in an enigma, just like Joe Pesci said in JFK. But we we solved the mystery. When you're two-timing, you know, you're going to get caught. And... That's what happened with the uh, mule shoe situation. It was not good. But you know who seems to love mule shoe? Colin Cowherd. I mean, well, he's I, an LA boy, right? I know. I think he's crushing on the guy. It's Hollywood, all the, like uh, he, all the Hollywood stars band together. So we were talking about uh, Brian Kelly. We knew he was scum already. Good football coach, but I mean, you know, he puts that kid up on the scaffolding and makes him stay up there and, and those incredible wins, you know, and the kid ends up, you know, uh, there's a fatality there. Uh, it, and the way he left, uh, and, and the stuff, at least, 
uh, Mule Sue is a weasel, there's no doubt. But Brian Kelly, not only is a weasel, but he looked like an absolute moron in the couple weeks after he left. I mean, with the fake accent and the dancing video. I mean, just a buffoonery, complete buffoonery. Over under five years that Brian Kelly lasted at LSU. I would take the under. Really? Yes. You know, I, think I, is... I think he's a really good coach. And I, I do. do but I do that seems like such a weird fit, man. It really does. And, have... and they're so impatient there, too, right? Well, and I have the exact same thoughts on Brian Kelly and LSU as I did about Scott Frost and Nebraska, right? There's nothing wrong with one or the other. And Brian Kelly, like Scott Frost, in my evaluation, is a really good football coach. I just don't think he's the right coach for that job. Well, but everybody thought, oh, you know, he's a Cornhusker. Well, he he started his career, Scott Frost, at Stanford, right? Mm-hmm. And then he ended up in Nebraska. But everybody thinks, you know, that he's just uh, all in 100% on Nebraska. Well, he and is a Nebraska he's boy. He's a Nebraska guy. I get that. Wood River, Nebraska. That doesn't, man. I bet they do some hunting in Wood River, Nebraska. There's no doubt about that. Probably some beaver trapping, too. By the way, Scoop via the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Caleb and his dad were just spotted at an L.A. County veterinary clinic with Muleshoe and his dogs, Boomer and Sooner. <laughs> <laughs> Muleshoe had on sunglasses, a fake mustache, and a Chicago Bears sweater vest in an attempt to avoid paparazzi. It was clearly him, though. Man, I love them. They're still coming in in the Air Comfort Solutions text line. All right, so anyway, uh, Colin Cowherd has a podcast also in addition to the TV show. How much does. time per day does he spend talking? I don't know. I guess quite a bit. But the deal is the, they were talking about the subject was of uh, these new situations with uh, what's going to happen at Notre Dame, what's going to happen at Oklahoma, LSU, and USC. Which one? Uh, are you most most worried about uh, you know heading into the future? And Colin Cowherd said it would be Oklahoma. Oklahoma's interesting. The conference they're entering in two years is only getting better. Most defensive hires aren't working nearly as well if you look around the NFL and college as offensive hires. Brett Venables is sort of a rigid, quirky personality, little stiff. And I said, I don't know how long they'll be down. I don't think that's going to work in Oklahoma long term. Not to mention, they just lost their offensive brain power with Lincoln Riley. Brent Venables is stiff, quirky, and rigid. Here's the thing. I don't Mike. see that. I mean, I think Lincoln Riley's more stiff, quirky, quirky and rigid than uh, than Brent Villas Yeah, I was about is. to say, if you're looking for a coach that embodies stiff, quirky, and rigid, yeah, <laughs> that's Muleshoe. No doubt. But listen, I actually have a ton of respect for Colin Cowherd. He's really good. He's really good. He, well, and he has perfected the art of being able to convey things that you know he doesn't believe 100% as if he fully believes them 100%, right? There is absolutely no way in hell that Colin Cowherd actually believes all of what he says on the airwaves. But he is incredibly good at coming across with conviction. And not only that, he does it in a way that is not clown-like, like Skip does sometimes, and like Stephen A. Smith do. You know, where exactly. they're yelling and, and screaming or saying something completely ridiculous. You're kind of like, well, okay, let me think about that. But in this situation, he's simply, simply answering which of those programs is better set for the future. And, uh, you know, we're talking about Notre Dame, LSU, USC, and Oklahoma long-term. And this right here, Mike... This is exactly what Colin Cowherd's objective is. 
He wants us talking about his opinions mm-hmm. on the radio. Yeah. He wants fan bases talking about his opinions. He's driving engagement with these takes. And like I said, he's not saying these things because he believes them. See, and He's it's, saying these things because they're going to get regurgitated. And it's interesting because I think the Oklahoma fans, the way they feel about this, is maybe a little bit of drop-off in the short term. Uh, just because there's so many things that are going to be new. But uh, they feel really good about this staff and hiring Brent Venables based on the move to the SEC maybe more than anything else. I mean, I think they have great respect for the staff that he's put together. They're not totally panicking. Uh, A lot of the Oklahoma fans are are saying right now, you know what, Caleb Williams goes, okay, we'll be fine. But I think part of that is they know where this team and this program needs to be to compete at a level they're accustomed to in the SEC. And that's getting more physical and less finesse, tougher, uh, you know, execution, all the fundamental stuff that seemed to be missing at times uh, under the Lincoln administration. Listen, Colin Cowherd is the same guy two years ago that was telling you Dwayne, Cas- Dwayne Haskins had been and would be more successful in the NFL than Kyler Murray. I promise you he didn't believe that. He's not that much of an idiot. But the reason he puts that kind of stuff out there, Mike is because he knows people are going to have conflicting opinions and people are going to engage and people are going to interact. Colin Cowherd is the prototypical take machine. A lot of take machines are insufferable. Colin Cowherd is not because he's a very good communicator and he's got an analytical enough mind that he can provide a rationale that is contrary to the verdict in the court of public opinion, but that nonetheless comes across as well-reasoned and intelligent. No, and that's a good way to put it. And if you ask me, uh, one of the national guys that I would listen to the most, and I don't listen to a lot of them, if I'm doing prep work or something, I, you know, I may have it on in the morning or something like that, or a rerun from the previous day, and maybe kind of have that on in the background. But if you force me to listen to one, it would be Colin, because uh, I think he's the best at what he does. All right, uh, but don't you think that's the way Oklahoma fans feel about uh, this hire is that, you know, maybe a little bit of drop-off short-term. And, again, Oklahoma's capable. They, you know, I, it, it, unless something changes and Oklahoma doesn't get any of these guys out of the portal that we expect they're going to get and maybe a few others, uh, I would favor Oklahoma to win the league next year. And now, I would, too. I, you know? I think they win double-digit games. But if I wouldn't you- say they're a playoff team. Uh, but I feel, again, if you want to take that next step, which is what Oklahoma fans have been wanting for years and years now, I think this staff is better accustomed to do that based on where they're going. I think the absolute floor for Oklahoma next year is eight wins. I think the ceiling is something like 12-1 and one and sneaking into the, into the college football playoff. And I don't expect that to happen. I'm not going to operate, at least for now, under the expectation that OU is going to be two wins away from a national title next year. But at the same time, this is a team that I expect will win double-digit games again. Because looking around the Big 12 and looking at what Oklahoma has reloaded with on both sides of the football and with regard to the coaching staff, that expectation does not seem outlandish at all for this program. And based on uh, your two toughest opponents, probably being Baylor and Oklahoma State, right? You got them both at home. Got them both at home. All right, uh, break time right here on a Friday. Good to have you with us. Hit us up. Go ahead and send us 
all your stuff, all your opinions on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. 405-651-3439. We'll get to a ton of text today as well. Anthony Fogel, former Sooner, his thoughts on the Venables uh, regime and more coming up next. Okay, welcome back. Friday edition, Steelman and Thune at noon here on the Ref Radio Network, home of Sooner fans. Again, thank you, Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, for sponsoring our first hour here on the program. Hope everybody's ready for the weekend. I know you are. It's going to be a crazy weekend uh, with a bunch of uh, portal prospects, some high school kids coming in to visit Norman and the University of Oklahoma, and who knows uh, what we'll be talking about on Monday, but uh, definitely some new commitments to Oklahoma. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Anthony Fogel was once a Sooner, I guess once a Sooner, always a Sooner, and he joins us on the law offices of Rod Polston, Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line. Anthony, what are your thoughts yes, on, on the new coaching staff in Norman and uh, compare and contrast it, what, what you're thinking about this coaching staff versus the Mule Shoe coaching staff, uh, you know, that um, was winning Big 12 titles but not winning playoff games? Uh, I always like to take that wait-and-see approach. Uh, but on paper, I think it's, it's a, a staff that's going to get after it. Uh, one of the things that you know, just hearing through the grapevine is, is the focus is going to be somewhat on who are the kids that want to be at the university of Oklahoma. Uh, and sometimes that could kind of look like it's a cocky approach, but, uh, I think that there is an element to, do you want to be a sooner? And I, I, I go back to early Bob Stoops days. And even when I played at OU, there were kids, that would cut off a leg if they could just say, hey, you know what, I'll be the one-legged guy playing for OU. And sometimes you get recruited, sometimes you don't. But uh, I think that element alone of trying to get guys who say, this is where I want to be, it means something. Because think of any other job we can have, right? I mean, if you know you want to be someplace, don't you walk in the door with a Step in your step as opposed to just saying, eh, you know, I'm just here right now. And if anything else pops his head up to a better opportunity, I'll jump on that in a heartbeat because that might be where I want to be. So I like not only the staff hires, but I also like some of the rumblings of we're going to try to focus on kids that want to be Sooners. And, and I think that's been missing for quite some time. Now, kind of along those lines, Anthony, you talk about the guys that want to be Sooners. We also see Brent Venables and his staff making a really significant play into the transfer portal as of late, which was something that originally a lot of folks didn't anticipate was going to happen, right? There were there was all that buzz flying around and all those rumors that, hey, Brent Venables might not use the transfer portal at all. So thoughts on that approach from this coaching staff and how it could impact this team heading into 2022? Major Division One football has become what, JUCOs were to the major the universities. Uh, it, it's become kind of like a free-for-all. If, if I'm not happy here, then I can go someplace else and be happy. And that's kind of what a lot of JUCO athletes do. I mean, they go to Coffeeville, they go to Heinz, they go to NEO, 
and maybe their grades weren't right, or maybe they got in a little bit of trouble and had to go to the JUCO circuit for a couple of years, and now you have that opportunity. That's really all that the portal is to me. It, it, it has become an extended version of what the junior college circuit is. Uh, now, here's the catch on that. You may get a kid that comes in and all he really wants to do is increase his draft status or say, yeah, if I go to Auburn or if I go to OU, if I go to Alabama, it's going to look good on my resume. So you've got to kind of be careful of who you're getting because most of the times when kids transfer, it's for a reason. There may be crazy parent. There may be trouble that the kid got into that you don't know about. Uh, or it may be just like you're always late to practice and, and the coaches get sick and tired of it. So you've got to do your homework on that. And, and, and I figured that OU would dip into that portal, especially with the guys that have left, and you've got to replenish that stock. Uh, but moving forward, I think that's going to be the same situation. You're, you're going to look at some of these kids in the portal almost the same way that you look at a JUCO kid because that JUCO kid is usually there for a reason. And I've seen it go really, really well, and I've seen it go really, really bad when you start talking about kids that have any kind of baggage coming into your program. Former Sooner Anthony Fogle joining us here on the law offices of Rod Polston, Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line on this Friday edition of Steel Man and Thune. Okay, uh, you were a defensive guy at OU, obviously, and uh, I've heard some of your opinions on uh, you know Sooner defenses here over the last decade or so. Uh, besides the <laughs> obvious get better players, which everybody wants to do, what do you want to see out of the Oklahoma defense under Brent Venables as they get ready to transition to the SEC that you haven't seen recently in Norman? Uh, old Coach Hayes, uh, when I was there, I missed Bobby Proctor, I think, by two years. But uh, Tom Hayes used to say something that I've preached every single time as a head coach, alignment, assignment, technique. Uh, if you know where to line up, then you've got half the battle already. If you know what you're supposed to do, when you're lined up, you got another half. Well, I guess that would be a third. And then if you trust the coaching to be able to use the technique to get your job done, those are the three things I want to see. I've seen really good athletes come through OU in the last decade, decade and a half. But what I don't know is how many of these kids know where to line up, what their assignment is once they get lined up, and then the techniques that they need to use to get the job done. And what I saw in that national championship game was a lot of guys defensively that knew where to line up, knew where to be. And it was one of the greatest halves of football at what was it? Nine to six. Nine to six at halftime. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about the, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. The, uh, the game, uh, Bama Georgia game. Yes. And I know nobody's going to agree with that because everybody likes the greatest show on turf. And we want to see offense. We want to see this three ball and basketball. And we want to see long pass and football. But I was just impressed that you took away two pretty good offenses and you didn't score a touchdown because the one thing OU fans have to remember is this. That 2000 team, yeah, that A&M game was up in the 30s and it was a high-scoring game for 2000. But uh, defense is really still kind of key in trying to win a championship. So 
maybe we need to pump the brakes on seeing three Heisman Trophy winners or two and a half. I mean, I guess uh, Hertz was a uh, runner-up, but maybe we need to actually focus on the fact that if you can stop people, you don't have to score 70 points. You, you can score 30, 21, and especially moving to the SEC, be successful. As long as it's going 17, 18, you know, that's a pretty reasonable. Would you not agree, Steely? If you hold somebody to 17, 18 points oh, in yeah. today's I, I, world, that is a, a win, right? That's a big-time performance, uh, particularly in the Big 12. And I think the Big 12 defensively has gotten a little bit better over the last three or four years. But, yeah, absolutely. You, If you're Oklahoma, you should win all of those games, no doubt. Parker, you got a closing question? Yes, yeah. I got one thing to ask you before we let you go here, Anthony. Um, and I think it's kind of the most ubiquitous question uh, across the entirety of Sooner Nation right now. But uh, obviously you have very rational and well-reasoned opinions, and I would like to know yours on this entire situation surrounding Caleb Williams. What do you make of in it? My what are your history, thoughts on in, it? In my history of radio, I've never heard somebody I have rational opinions. I'm usually way out there. But, but <laughs> I appreciate you for saying that. So question on. Yeah, just the thoughts on the whole Kayla Williams situation, how it's unfolded, and uh, what's going on, how long it's taken. What's what's your take on uh, this deal? Some people think he's holding the program hostage. What's your take? I think that most of the times when you're in a transfer situation, and I was in that same deal when Snellenberger came in, I was like, mm-hmm, Colorado sounds like a good place to go. Just anywhere but here. Uh, I think in the back of anyone's mind you always have where you may want to go and for sooner fans all i could say is once you even entertain those thoughts the chances are you want to leave and someone's gonna have to convince you to try to stay uh would i blame the kid for leaving probably not because if you leave at any point in time, you're maybe doing what's in the best interest for you. I mean, they always have this term that you're either hired to get fired, retire there, or, you know, get a better job. And usually it's going to be fired. So uh, I, I got to respect the kid for, for looking at his decisions based off of what he wants in his career. And sometimes I, I think we have to step back and say, you know, we had a couple quarterbacks that came through here that basically transferred. And we were not complaining when Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, and Baker Mayfield came to OU. So should we really be hypocritical when a kid that is at OU is thinking about or maybe even going someplace else? And, I mean, that to me is a little bit of hypocrisy because – Nobody was complaining when those kids came here. They were just like, hey, welcome aboard. The love boat is floating off, and you're on the love boat right now. So I I think we have to be kind of neutral when any kid, even Caleb Williams, is deciding that he may want to go someplace else. Anthony, always good catching up with you. We'll do it again soon. Thank you for your time today. And, again, uh, we'll talk down the road. That'll work, brother. It is windy out here now in Guyana. Uh, the wind and the cold is coming towards you. Man, it is going to get, yeah, it's going to get cold this weekend. Maybe a little bit of snow coming in. We'll see. Thanks, Anthony.
All right, brother. I holla at you. I appreciate it. Yeah, and and I understand what Anthony's saying as we go to a break. Uh, the difference was again, Baker Mayfield. Remember, felt like he should have had his job back when Davis Webb took over. Kyler Murray and Kyle Allen were splitting time at A and M. That was kind of a mess. And uh, Jalen Hurts had been beaten out by Tua. Uh, Caleb Williams is the big man on campus. That's why people don't quite understand this and uh, can't wrap their arms around the fact that wow, this guy owns the university. Everybody loves him. And he's the first true big man on campus ever to hit the transfer portal, really. And the only one I can it. think of. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, it's just strange. So, anyway. All right, and still uh, crickets on the Caleb fronts. Total crickets. Uh, I would have thought by now he would have been official to USC, but it's still unofficial. It may not happen. Who knows? All right, we'll talk about that and more. Hit us up on the text line. We'll get to some of those when we get back. 405-651-3439. We shall return. All right, Friday night, great night to be out at Riverwind Casino. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the $80,000 Rocket and Reeland uh, promotional drawing tonight, 6 to 11.30, three patrons' names drawn out every half hour. So you'll hear 33 names called out, your chance to win a uh, nice chunk of that $80,000 in cash and bonus play tonight out at Riverwind Casino. And again, you can make it uh, make it a date night. Head on out. Hopefully, you hear your name called, win a bunch of money or bonus play, and you can eat well at the uh, River Buffet on steak night. All you can eat steak for twenty nine ninety nine tonight, or you can head on over to Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant. You want to watch any game? Uh, not a bad seat in the house. Great pub food there. Uh, I love. They've got the giant pretzel with the beer cheese. Uh, I know it's not very healthy, but it is delicious. Really good. There's, a, uh, really there's always good. a balance you got to strike between healthy and delicious. Mike. Yes, I always go for delicious. Uh, delicious <laughs> wins that battle about as much as Oklahoma beats Texas in the Cotton Bowl. You know, occasionally Hell sneaks in there and pulls an upset, but it's very rare. Very rare. So get on out to Riverwind tonight. Go see our friends out at Riverwind Casino. They truly are simply the best. First-class operation, the $80,000 Rockin' and Reelin' promotion. Do we want to save our conversation uh, on theories on Caleb till the top of the hour so we can give that a little more breathing room? Yeah, think? I think that's fair. Okay. All right, let's do that. that. I mean, that's one of the biggest conversations across all of college football right now is, yeah, why, I, is why is Caleb Williams still uncommitted? It, I think it deserves more than like three minutes right here. Okay, of, of the names that we've thrown out there, of the portal names, yes. not the high school names, Jackson Dart, Michael Trigg, uh, Jackson Player, Chubba Purdy already has visited. Uh, Jeffrey Johnson, the defensive lineman from Tulane. By the way, in case you don't know, Jackson Player is the defensive lineman from Tulsa. Obviously, Dart, uh, the former USC quarterback, and Michael Trigg, uh, a former USC tight end. Both were four stars coming out. Uh, Makai Wingo, the defensive lineman from Missouri. Uh, can I, Connie Walker from Louisville, a defensive back, CJ Colden, a defensive back corner from Wyoming, Trey Morrison, a cornerback from North Carolina and Drew Sanders linebacker out of Denton, Texas, who, uh, transferred from Alabama. Give me, uh, an underrated one in that group because everybody talks about Dart, Trigg, Sanders, and probably Jackson player as the top four. Who do you think based on what you're hearing? Uh, would be maybe the underrated one of that group. I think the underrated one, if you're talking about guys that are going to be 
in town this weekend. I I go with C.J. Colden, the defensive back out of Wyoming. You look at what he did this past season for the Cowboys, 48 tackles from the cornerback position and 10 pass breakups, Mike. He's six foot one, 180, so he's got size at that position. And as I, as I mentioned earlier, with Latrell McCutcheon in the portal and presumably not returning, there is now a need for an experienced defensive back in that Oklahoma defensive backfield because you would presume that your starting corners next year are Woody Washington and DJ Graham reprising their roles, right? But we saw DJ Graham get cooked in the Alamo Bowl. And that's not, that's not to say that's going to become a trend. I would imagine it's more of a blip than a trend. But especially when that happens in the last game of a season, what you don't want is that guy starting to lose confidence and all of a sudden it rolls over into his performance from one year to the next. And now he's got to be the guy and he's got to figure it out because you don't have an alternative and you can't have anybody that can come alongside him and ease his burden and lift some of the pressure off of him. So getting a guy like C.J. Colden, I think, is not only big at face value in terms of what he can contribute, but I think it's also big for D.J. Grant as a young guy. He's still only a true sophomore, right? right? So you need another veteran at the cornerback position right now, and Colden is that guy. He's going to be a sixth-year senior next year, so... Experience, he's got it. Physicality, he's got it. Production, it's there. He's a guy that I like a lot. C.J. Colden, Wyoming, and uh, that's not exactly a football exactly a football factory. I'm trying to think of why. Josh Allen, obviously a Wyoming guy. Uh, Jay Novacek, Wyoming guy. And I believe on the old unbeaten Dolphin teams of the 70s, that, well, the one unbeaten team, Jim Kick was the third running back. Larry Zonka, Mercury Morris, Jim Kick, and I think Jim Kick was a Wyoming guy. That's about all I can think of, and I'm 90% sure on Jim Kick. All right, uh, we're going to talk about, again, the big question is, uh, we thought Caleb Williams was going to USC and still nothing. What is going on? There's some interesting theories out there. Their theories, that's all they are, but uh, we'll get into some of those when we get back. Keep those texts coming in. We will get to them, I promise you. Hour number two, right around the corner. Yes, sir. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. Good to have you with us on a Friday, taking you into the weekend. It's going to be cold this weekend, but you know what that means. We can just huddle up, get the fireplace going, and watch nothing but NFL playoff football and uh, throw in some Sooner basketball, of course. Women tomorrow at home against TCU 130. Men on the road at TCU tomorrow. 3 o'clock tip uh, for Oklahoma. And uh, TCU on ESPN 2 tomorrow. So uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. And a little bit later on, we're going to hear from Kyler Murray, C.D. Lamb, and Jalen Hurts on their playoff matchups coming up this weekend. C.D. and the Cowboys taking on the 49ers. You think about some of the great old classic matchups between uh, the Cowboys and the 49ers. I mean, the catch was made in that uh, great rivalry. It was more late 80s into the 90s. There was a stretch in the 90s where they played in three straight NFC Championship games, and the winner of that game went on to win the Super Bowl and win it handily. So, uh, man, it's going to be cool to watch that matchup. And uh, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles taking on the Brady Bunch in Tampa where the weather is supposed to be horrible. 
And then you have, of course, uh, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals playing a Monday night game in L.A. against the Rams. The interesting thing about that matchup, I, first of all, I think they'll Cliff Kingsbury that up and, and lose. But um, both teams split uh, the regular season series, and both teams won on the road in that series. So we'll talk NFL football. But again, the mystery of uh, Caleb Williams and uh, what's going on with his decision just continues. Because everybody thought all you had to do was put two and two together, but maybe two and two don't equal uh, Caleb Williams going to USC. Because the minute we saw Jackson Portal or Jackson Portal, <laughs> Jackson Dart in the portal, they, they, they should have some last names Portal, I guess. Jackson Dart, Jackson Player. Yeah, Jackson Portal is right. about and, the only one missing at yeah, this point. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but two Jacksons in the portal, Dart and Player, that could wind up at Oklahoma. But we all thought, uh, here we go. Here we go. That's the last domino to fall before we see number 13. You know, in a tweet wearing US, a USC uniform and committed to Mule Shoe and Southern Cal. But it hasn't happened. And I, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. So what in the wide, wide world of sports is it going on here? Well, Mike, that, here's the thing. What this whole situation has taught us is that sometimes the tea leaves lie. Yeah. Right? It's like it's like looking at a cloud and you see an elephant and I see a tobacco pipe. Right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes appearances don't tell the whole story because like you said, the second we found out Caleb Williams was visiting USC and then boom, Jackson Dart was in the portal, everything seemed to make sense, right? Everything added up. Oh, he's just following mule shoe to yeah, USC. Yeah, right. But it's Friday, Mike. It's four days after the visit. Yeah. Or I guess yeah. five, five days after the visit. Caleb Williams is still uncommitted. So if he's going to USC, what's the holdup? Greater chance right now that Caleb Williams ends up at UCLA instead of USC. I, like, my confidence that he goes to USC is legitimately beginning to wane. Because, again... I, I feel like we've said it each the last two days, but it's just becoming more and more real as time passes. Why hasn't he committed to USC if that's where he wants to be? Maybe they took a trip that, and they saw, man, you see Lincoln's office? Man, and that looked horrible, man. It's basically a uh, you know a trailer. Now, um, and maybe he looked at the facilities, and maybe he took a look at the roster and last year's results, four and eight, and this roster doesn't look real good. Now, it's going to get good, unfortunately, under Muleshoe. It will. But Caleb Williams has, what, a couple years? And, you know, could they win if he goes? Could they win eight games next year? Yeah, maybe. But we don't know that. So, and here's what we heard, Parker, at least what I heard initially when this first happened. Okay. When it first happened with Caleb, you know, Announced to everybody, I'm going to go look at my options. Gotcha. Uh, I had heard that no USC. Uh, uh-uh. you think he wants to go to USC after Caleb? After he was promised by Lincoln Riley that Lincoln Riley was in for the long haul at Oklahoma. You think he's going to turn around and go to USC? That's what I heard from a few people. Um, so we just don't know. So obviously, my full time J job is with 24 seven Sports. If you head to OUinsider.com right now, there's actually a 50% off VIP sale. 
where mm-hmm. you can get a year of OU Insider for less than $5 a month, and you can get all the scoopage on the Caleb Williams situation and recruiting and transfer portal news and all the stuff we can't say on air. It's all there from myself and Brandon Drum. But obviously, Mike, I do have a little bit of intel on the situation and how things went down at USC. Do you want to know what Lincoln Riley's first words to Caleb Williams were when he got to the University of Southern California? Yes. I do. And uh, something like this. I don't know why it took so long for that sound effect to play. Well, I clicked Lincoln, the play button and I was just sitting here yeah. waiting. Come on, where's the meal noises? <laughs> Lincoln Riley is a shapeshifter, man. He shaped uh, right out of a classy individual into a freaking jackass. <sighs> All right, I, so, so you, is, there's a theory floating out there that maybe that this – might have been a little bit of a troll job for the Williamses to visit SC. And wouldn't without, that be iconic? Without any intention of going to USC. And wouldn't that be amazing if that oh, were the case? Absolutely. Because I, I, like, I, I think at that point, if that's what ends up happening, OU fans will forgive Caleb Williams and Carl Williams for everything regardless of where he ends up. Because if Caleb Williams' visit to USC ends up fruitless for Muleshoe and company, and it costs him Jackson Dart, oh yeah, and they have I to roll it. into the year twenty twenty two with their third string quarterback, presumably, and Miller Moss, he would be the lead guy with Jackson Dart out the door. OU fans are gonna revel, man. They're gonna revel. Muleshoe's got to be hating life out there right uh, now. I love it. Here's the deal, too. If he goes to UCLA, and keep in mind, DTR is coming back. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, uh, Chip Kelly's going to be retained. You know, there were rumors out there that his buyout was going to zero this weekend. But they're gonna, Chip Kelly is going to be out there. How about and, – and USC got spanked by the Bruins last year. How about Caleb Williams running up like 63 points on Muleshoe next year? In that matchup, which I think is would be a game in the Coliseum, are they? They're not. Yeah, it would be a game at the Coliseum this yeah. year. And again, Mike, as I've said from the beginning, if Caleb Williams doesn't return to OU, which it looks like for now isn't going to be the case, UCLA is where I want to see him. Yeah, Selfishly, I'm with you. I'm with that you. That is where I oh, want Caleb that, Williams. Yes, because absolutely. that's going to be glorious for the next da, two years. Da, 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 da. Can we get the Sons of Westwood? Let's play that because I've got the I've got the USC fight song file or UCLA fight song file away somewhere. All right, yeah, it's Sons of Westwood is the name of the uh, fight song. If you want to find it on YouTube, if you can't find it quickly, but yes, if it's not Oklahoma, I hope it's USC, and I hope he beats uh, Mule Shoe into submission. I mean, into absolute humiliation. Here we go. I hope they play this. How many touchdowns are realistic? Like 10 times maybe against USC next year in the Coliseum, and they get the cutaways of Muleshoe, and he's completely humiliated. I wish him health. I don't wish him happiness. I wish him health and the entire family health. I'm sure everybody else in the family, great. Muleshoe, though, did the Sooners wrong, and uh, UCLA, that would be great. 
That would be great. And I think, I don't know, man, we were saying the other day, what do you put your percentage at USC now based on, again, these theories that, yeah, that this was a courtesy visit, and they were kind of like, yeah, right. Yeah, well, at, 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 like I said, every day, Mike, I get less and less sure that he's going to USC. And I think he still could end up there. Mm-hmm. I really do. Just because if it truly is about development and that's your objective in hitting the transfer portal, USC is kind of the obvious choice. Because, again, Lincoln Riley is about the only guy in college football right now that can really, really hang his hat on having developed NFL but guys. But let me counter that, though. And I get what you're saying. He's the quarterback whisperer. That's his reputation. No doubt about it. But yep. you also have to look at the roster and make sure you're not running for your life, uh, you know, if you're Caleb Williams. And what do you have resources-wise in terms of talent on that roster, right? I don't know. It's an interesting uh, dichotomy there, I think, well, because you're, you're absolutely 100% correct. Lincoln Riley is the guy, if you want to be a quarterback, I mean, it, look what it did for Jalen Hurts. Who would have thought that Jalen Hurts would be a playoff starting quarterback in the NFL at one point? And now he is. I did not. I, like, and I remember saying it back in 2019 while Jalen Hurts was putting up outstanding numbers. That's one of the worst takes I've ever had, in hindsight. I was like, you know what? Jalen Hurts, really productive at the collegiate level. Yeah, you thought Not sure it's going to translate to the NFL. Maybe holding the clipboard in the NFL for a while. You know, yeah. Chase Daniel duty, something like that. Here's what Jalen Hurts does, though. He goes about his business. And all that stuff that he says at the podium, which kind of gets... All right, man. Yeah, main thing, the main thing. We got it. He believes all that stuff, and he lives that stuff, and he just keeps pressing on. And, uh, you know, he's become a fairly solid NFL quarterback, you know. Uh, Second half of the season, he was really good. First part of the season this year, not very good at all. Uh, He could still run for touchdowns here and there, but he's gotten better and keeps getting better. So, And they're going to get spanked in Tampa over the weekend, but still. I just remember, and I think think what was unfair for me to do – is that I would watch Jalen Hurts make throws in warm-ups in particular alongside Spencer Rattler, mm-hmm. and I'd just be like, oh, Jalen Hurts has made legitimately maybe half the arm talent that Spencer Rattler has. And in hindsight, that's way more of a credit to Spencer Rattler than it is a knock on Jalen Hurts because Spencer Rattler has one of the best arms that we have seen in decades. Make no mistake. The reason Spencer Rattler got benched at the University of Oklahoma, is certainly not because he does not have arm talent. Because he has got a whip, man. Arm talent doesn't always mean everything, right? Exactly. Look at uh, Ryan Leaf and Peyton Manning coming out of college. And Ryan Leaf's arm strength was better. I mean, uh, you would see Peyton Manning throw some wounded ducks here and there, but they always got there. Whoa, whoa. Air Comfort Solutions sex line. I forgot about this. This is a really good point, actually. All right, let's hear it. We should have known there was a huge problem with the S&C coach when Jalen came to OU and was out squatting nearly everyone on the team. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's because they're doing freaking CrossFit. You saw the USC players with their kettlebells in that video that uh, SC tweeted out the other day. I am, man, I am so happy that Jerry Schmidt's coming back, too. Uh, I mean, that Jerry Schmidt, uh, the foundation of uh, physicality, strength, toughness i mean you're gonna see jerry schmidt i don't know can he still jump around like he did on the sidelines when he was last at ou things are more difficult once you get older 
But I imagine it'll help. You're speaking from experience there, Mike. Oh, yes, absolutely. Are you kidding me? Absolutely. All right. Thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72. Don't forget oil changes and engines for life on a newer used gas or diesel vehicle. And we're talking about at no additional cost. So they are the sponsor of our second hour here on Steel Man and Thum. Let's hear from Jalen Hurts. Let's hear from C.D. Lamb. Let's hear from Kyler Murray on their playoff matchups and more texts when we get back. Oh, yes. This instant karma would be uh, Caleb Williams at UCLA. Well, the the ultimate one would be back at Oklahoma and uh, somehow SC gets to a playoff, which there's no way. What and, if, what if or a he bowl ends game. up back at Oklahoma and Jackson Dart decides to come to Oklahoma anyway? And the transaction yeah. ends with Oklahoma getting USC's quarterback instead of USC getting Oklahoma's quarterback. Yes. That's, that's the ideal scenario. Uh, the, yes. And uh, scenario number two, again, is uh, Jackson Dart commits to Oklahoma. There's a quarterback competition between he and Dylan Gabriel. I would give Gabriel the slight edge there, and I think you mentioned this yesterday, and I agree with you because he he's familiar with Jeff Levy's offense from their time together at UCF, but no Jackson doubt. Dart has a lot of potential. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but the other thing would be maybe Caleb Williams ends up at UCLA and hangs a half a hundred on uh, Southern Cal next year in the Coliseum. Now, that I would enjoy very much. I, I would enjoy that very much. Okay, uh, Travis Dye, the Oregon running back in the portal. How about that? That, outside of Caleb Williams and Jackson Dart, if you're not, if you're talking non-quarterbacks, mm-hmm. Travis Dye might be the biggest splash in the portal. He had a nice game in the Alamo Bowl against one. OU and had a really good. Uh, what if he contacted Oklahoma? That yeah. is a guy you make room for. Yes, that is a guy you make room for. Now you've got two good uh, Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawcha coming in. You've got Eric Gray and Marcus Major back. And by the way, I think Major. I know he was ineligible for a while, but I think he deserves more carries. Uh, I, you know, I think he's a better player than people think he is. Maybe it's assignments and stuff like that, why he didn't play as much. But I I think he's a pretty good player. Travis Dye is one of the top five returning uh, running backs in college football. So, yes. How about Travis Dye so, at Oklahoma then? Again, that is a guy that if he calls and he wants in, you make room for him. No doubt Fudge about it. Fudge the numbers, whatever you got to do, make sure he is on your roster. I'm not sure if OU will be proactive in reaching out to Travis Dye. I'm not sure if they're going to be the ones to reach out to him and say, hey, do you want to come play at Oklahoma? Just because, you know, Eric Gray, Marcus Major, Javante Barnes, Gavin Sawchuk, that's a pretty good room as it is. But, again, it's much like the situation with Caleb Williams, right? There is not an FBS program in the country that's not going to listen if Caleb Williams picks up the phone and says, hey, I want to come play for you. So it is with Travis Dye. If he picks up the phone, calls Oklahoma, and says, I want to be a Sooner, 
You're not. You're probably not turning him down. No, I don't think you should. Uh, Travis Dye again, the Oregon running back. Sooner fans should be familiar with him. He had a nice game against Oklahoma. Had a good. Uh, he's a good player. Bottom line, he's a really good player. All right, uh, wild card weekend in the National Football League, ladies and gentlemen, begins uh, tomorrow, three thirty on NBC. The Raiders at Cincinnati. I like that matchup. That's going to be fun. Bengals. Zach Taylor, Norman native, Sherwood's kid. Uh, look like he might be on the way out at Cincinnati, and now he's solidly in with the Bengals. Could be the coach of the year. They're in the playoffs at a five-and-a-half-point favorite against the Raiders. Uh, Patriots at the Bills Saturday night, 7-15 on CBS, and the weather in Buffalo is going to be nice and cold. I would love to see some snow. Uh, but remember, New England and the Bills split their regular season series. Sunday, 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 noon on Fox. Uh, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in what's expected to be uh, horrid weather in Tampa will host Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. First game out Sunday. Here is Jalen Hurts, the former Sooner, uh, talking about being ready to try and take on the Bucks. I think for us, um, we, we've put ourselves in a great position in, in being where we are right now. And uh, we, know, we know how far we've come as a team. Um, as an offense, as a defense, as a special teams group. And we just want to continue to do the things that have gotten, gotten us here, uh, focusing on the process, focusing on, on getting better every day, focusing on the fundamentals, all the little things we talk about, um, doing those little things next week so we can put ourselves – this week so we can put ourselves in a position to win this game. All right, there you go. Jalen Hurts again talking like a coach at the podium. How about the Monday night matchup, Arizona and the Rams? I like having a playoff game on a Monday night. Uh, The Rams are a four-point favorite. The Cardinals won at SoFi in L.A. earlier in the year, but the Rams returned the favor and won out in Phoenix later in the year. So they split the uh, two games of the regular season. Uh, Kyler Murray, though, just pumped to be uh, alive and going now here for the postseason. I think this is, as a competitor, this is as big as it gets. I mean, it's the playoff. Um, you know, this is this is what you dream of. This is what you live for. It's what you play for. The opportunity to go win a Super Bowl. So, I mean, there's no uh, there's no shying away from it. You know, um, it, it's uh, it, like I said, this is something you dream about as a kid. So, to be able to be in this situation now and uh, you know, be in it uh, doesn't get much better. There you go. Uh, do you think that the Cardinals will Cliff Kingsbury it up? And uh, I'm picking the Rams. They're playing at home. But what do you think? It's hard. It's really hard to say because, again, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury is one of those guys that's very difficult to trust, particularly in these types of types He's of another tech but, guy, right? Exactly. But at the same time, the Rams have played some really bad football at times down the stretch. Yeah, they have. And uh, the Cardinals an- did beat Dallas, of course, uh, at the end of the regular season. And there's a chance, you know, we'll see what J.J. Watt's availability is coming back for this game, possibly. We'll see. You remember two months ago, Mike, we were talking about these two teams, the Rams and the Cardinals, as maybe the two best teams in the entire NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both of them just kind of became a conundrum down the stretch. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt about it. And then uh, Sunday in the 3.30 CBS game, you have the 49ers in Dallas. Now, Parker, you're a young whippersnapper, uh, so you don't remember the great matchups back in the day between Dallas and the 49ers. But like I said, they were a fixture in the playoffs, and they would usually play each other in the NFC Championship game long before the battles that Jimmy Johnson and Barry Switzer had with the Niners. Three straight NFC Championship games with the winner going on to win the Super Bowl. Uh, each of those years, you also had the famous uh, Montana to Dwight Clark, the catch there at Candlestick Park. That was against the Cowboys, so a lot of memorable playoff matchups between these two teams, no doubt. Let's hear from C.D. Lamb on the matchup coming up with a uh, pretty 
uh, red hot San Francisco team right now. They have a lot of guys that's, that that fly around, uh, you know, on defense, and we understood what we were getting ourselves into. I mean, we got a lot of firepower on offense, so I mean, it's good on good. In the playoffs, there's a lot more, you know, at risk, should I say, you know what I'm saying? But obviously with the with the way we went out, we felt like there's a lot more plays that could be made out there. Uh, it's going to be a good challenge. There you go. The other matchup is the Steelers at Kansas City, and even Ben Roethlisberger said, and I, I don't think he totally meant it in that context, but, you know, basically we have no chance, right? Uh, and they don't have a chance. The last time around they got spanked by Kansas City, and that is a the Sunday night game on NBC, and Kansas City the biggest favorite of the weekend, the only double-digit favorite of the weekend, a 12-and-a-half-point pick against the Steelers, and I think they'll cover that. Kansas City's about to go back to the Super Bowl, aren't they? I think, yes. It's going to be three probably, years in a row. Probably. Who do you like for MVP? Do you like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady? I, it, it's interesting because I'm always partial to Aaron Rodgers in those types of debates just because what he's working with in Green Bay pales in comparison every single year to what a guy like Tom Brady or what a guy like Kyler Murray, for instance, is working with. And so – I have a lot of love for Rodgers. Like, I will go to my deathbed saying that Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback that has ever laced him up at the professional level. That's how highly I think of Aaron Rodgers because he's done things on the football field that I have never seen anybody else do. He has made throws that I've never seen any other quarterback have the capacity to make. But when you look at what Tom Brady is doing – at age 44, Mike. Amazing. And the fact that he has set career highs in, in multiple categories. Everything like, but touchdowns exactly. this season. Basically everything but passing touchdowns. He has set career highs. Now you have That's the extra, incredible. You have the extra game, but I don't care, man. When you're, you're that age, Tom Brady with 43 touchdowns, 12 picks, and he's thrown for 5,300-plus uh, yards. Aaron Rodgers in one less game, 37 TDs, four picks. And uh, almost 4,200 yards through the air. Uh, I like the fact, the great thing about Rodgers, too, is he rarely throws picks, right? He rarely does, which is tremendous. So um, I, I would slightly lean towards Rodgers, but I know that Bruce Arians, campaigning for his guy, obviously, said that if Tom Brady doesn't win it, it's uh, something's wrong. But I would still go slight edge to Aaron Rodgers. All right, uh, thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley, X72, for a great deal on a car or a truck. We have our uh, Friday visit with Brandon Drum, 24-7 Sports, OUinsider.com. Coming up, we'll get his take on this big weekend with Portal Prospects and a few high school kids as well. All of that coming up here on this Friday. Stay with us here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Yes, he is. He is Brandon Drum, 24-7 Sports, OUinsider.com, joining us here like he does every Friday on the law offices of Rod Polston, Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line. Brandon, how we doing? Uh, we were just talking about the big question right now. We all thought, we thought, and sometimes your thoughts are on the money and sometimes your thoughts are misguided, but we all thought when we saw Jackson Dart in the portal, oh, there it is, that's the sign. That's the sign, Caleb, to follow Mule Shoe to USC. And so far, that hasn't happened. Uh, right now, if I ask you to put money on it, would you still say he would end up at USC or would you say somewhere else? Uh, man, that's. <laughs> uh, I think UCLA is making a strong run there. 
Um, I know they enjoyed that trip. Uh, they spent basically like a day and a half there. Um, you know, I, the, the, the trip to USC, from my understanding, was not, it, it was to check it out and to, you know, see see the school and that all that but it was also to kind of you know give a a better understanding of why riley left and yes they came calling uh, and said what the heck dude you said you were going to be at oklahoma right mm-hmm. yeah they were out there already because they have their caleb is uh has a couple of companies that that are agnostic away from universities obviously when it comes to nil and he is uh, dealing with all that stuff he's also has uh, uh i would say he's a he from my understanding he's an investor even in a company already i mean he's he's got that type of money right now um so with with a rapper uh yg and chain smokers or something like that so that that's 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 the word I was given. Like he's out there doing business for that type of stuff, and he uh, they decided they were going to stop by USC and talk with Riley and kind of get the understanding of why all that went down. But I mean, and, and the rumors are out there. You know, that wasn't the visit wasn't as great as everybody thought it was going to be, and all that. You know, there's some validity to it, but throwing out USC is, I think, premature. A lot of people are like, oh, well, now he's not going to go to USC because he didn't have a good time there. I don't buy that. I, you know, they still trust the fact that Riley can develop them. And at the end of the day, that is very important to them. So, you know, they're out there doing their NIL stuff. They're out there checking out a couple of schools. And now they're going to do some Zoom calls and figure out where they're going to go next as far as visits with schools and uh, go from there. Uh, they, 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 they still talk to Oklahoma. I think people kind of throw that out there. Like Oklahoma is like not non-existent there because they've had Jackson Dart and Chupa Purdy on, on visits. That's not true. They've still talked to Oklahoma. So, um, you know, I, I'm not, I wouldn't put Oklahoma as a place that they end up at the end of the day right now, but completely saying that's just gone is a whole, you know, other thing too. So, We'll see. I mean, if if I'm Oklahoma, this is my opinion. If I'm Oklahoma, I completely devoid myself away from that situation and and go all in on Shuba Purdy and uh, uh, Jackson Dart. That's just, that's my opinion. That's what I would do. Um, And if push comes to shove and, you know, Caleb decided he wanted to come back or at least give y'all a chance, you know, okay, and now we'll talk. But until then, I, I, I separate myself from it. And, you know, I, I do the same thing if I'm Caleb because I think the emotion between the two is so strong that it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a hard remarriage, I think, regardless. I just – I think people think it's just going to snap the finger and everything's going to be okay. I think maybe for the, some of the fans, yeah, but I don't know about the players, the coaches, all that. I think that's going to be a hard remarriage, and a lot of trust is going to have to be re-earned on both sides. Let's shift gears a little bit here, Brandon, because there's a guy that hit the portal about two hours ago that the second he was in arguably became the biggest name, save for Caleb Williams and Jackson Dart, 
in the transfer portal this cycle, referring, of course, to Oregon running back Travis Dye. Now, it's way too early on. Like I said, he's been in the portal for two hours. So it's way mm-hmm. too early on to get a reliable gauge of where Travis Dye's head is at here. So I'm asking more for your opinion here than anything else, but is that a guy that you can see OU at least establishing contact with engaging interest? Absolutely. I mean, they've you know talked to portal running backs already, so why not? You know, uh, why why not give it a try and see see if there's any interest on that end? I, now, my gut says he's looking at Miami and following Cristobal, but that's just my gut. You know, from the start, and I, the second you get in the portal, and that may be what Dye's intentions are. And who knows, man? He looks like the generic creative player on NCAA football 2014 without any gloves and all that, just like the the, the system-generated guy already. So that may be just what he does. That may be his personality. He may be just straightforward, go straight towards Miami and Cristobal because that's who he is and that's what he's like. I mean, I don't know. But at the same time, once coaches come calling and once you start talking to people, you know, maybe a few schools pique his interest and maybe one of those is – after playing against Oklahoma, is OU like, dang man, you guys, offensive line was really good. You guys opened up some holes for Kennedy Brooks and Eric Gray against uh, my Oregon Ducks. So we'll see. I mean, I don't know. I think I think if if I'm Oklahoma, I at least you know, you know, test the waters. Put my yeah. finger in it to see Why if it's you? even warm or not. Absolutely, so, yeah. he's such a he's such a talent. There's no doubt. All right, uh, Brandon Drum with us, twenty four seven Sports, OUinsider dot com. All right, among the names, portal, uh, you know, players coming in. Who uh, Chuba Purdy was in earlier in the week. Uh, Jackson Dart, Michael Trigg from USC, Jeffrey Johnson from Tulane, Makai Wingo from Missouri, uh, Connie Walker from Louisville, CJ Golden from Wyoming, a couple of uh, cornerbacks, another cornerback, Trey Morrison from uh, North Carolina, Drew Sanders from Alabama. Who would you feel good about if you had like three of those, three or four, that you could see making a commitment to Oklahoma out of that group, uh, you know, by Monday or so? Uh, I would say can I Walker. Uh, I would say the three DBs. Can <laughs> uh, I Walker, uh, uh, Trey Morrison, and CJ Colden would be the first three off the top of my head, and then. You know, I, I don't know what it is. I, I know that there's some some confidence in the Drew Sanders situation. Now, obviously, he's supposed to be going to Texas today. I don't know if that's happened or not. I can't confirm that one way or the other. Um, but it, if he doesn't end up at Texas today, like he like has been rumored, I could completely see Drew Sanders, you know, being a guy because he was committed to Oklahoma for a long time. I mean. I would say Parker and I were talking about this last night. It wasn't like a year and a half or something like that. He was committed to OU. It was. It was a long time. Yeah. So, um, that, that situation, that comfortability, it makes a ton of sense. So those are, that's a guy. And I'm, I, I'm not going to be shocked if, uh, one of the D linemen end up committed to Oklahoma. I really, I'm not, I think, I think when you look at, what Coach Bates has done, what Venables has done, and even, you know, uh, look, Coach Chavis doesn't have a, a great background yet in development, but he was around during just as far as, like, being known as a developer. But he was around Clemson for a while. 
and he helped develop some of those D linemen, and he was a really good defensive lineman in college. So I would think that having those three guys around would be at least of interest for, you know, Wingo or Johnson or any of those other guys that they decide to bring in over the next few days. Last question, Brandon, before we let you go. Obviously, a couple five-star offensive linemen down the stretch here that Oklahoma's very much in the running for. Josh Connerly Jr., who plans to visit, and Devin Campbell, who has visited Oklahoma multiple times. Where do you think the Sooners stand in those races? You know, there was some buzz yesterday that uh, Devin Campbell might end up visiting OU again. Um, That isn't something that is solidified, um, you know, and I kind of joked about it being a possibility on our podcast that's going to come out today. Um, you know, she's, I, I, there's a lot of buzz out there from people out in other regions that were privy to the Devin Campbell recruitment for a long period of time that think Oklahoma has a really good shot and they may lead right now. Now, I don't know that I'd buy that 100% because of his family dynamic and the fact that there's several people that want him around Texas. And I think there's kind of a fight between the two. Uh, You know, I think mom and Devin kind of lean towards Oklahoma, whereas uncle and a couple other people around him lean towards Texas. So there's a, there's a big fight of where, which side he's going to go to moms went out 99.9% of the time. But in this situation, I do know that the other side has a really strong grasp of things. And so that, that one's kind of a coin flip. I know I'm hedging right there and I hate doing that, but I mean, it's really that tight of a race right now for Devin Campbell. And I never thought it would get to that point. I really thought it would be Texas, Texas, Texas. But now it's it's kind of like people are kind of feel like it'll end up being Texas, but man, they're not real sure. They are not sure at all right now because there's there's a there's a side of that recruitment that really and one of them being the player that kind of leans towards Oklahoma a little bit in his own mind. So uh, we'll see if if Oklahoma can. There was a report out by Steve Wilpong if he can where he said he's not going to take any visits, and I don't know that it was him. I think it was his uncle talking. So I think that's the other thing you got to think about. The uncle doesn't think there's going to be any visits happening. Well, you know, there's another side to it that is talking like there might be a visit to Oklahoma here in the next two weeks. So we'll see. We'll see. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. I that That's kind of a coin flip right there as well. So um, if they can somehow get Devin Campbell up to Norman again <laughs> – I would I would bet on OU being the being the prospect. If they don't, I think it's a coin flip. I really do. Brandon, good stuff as always. We will talk to you again next Friday. Have a great weekend. All right, thank you guys. Brandon Drum, OU Insider, joining us here on this Friday edition of Steel Man and Thune at noon, way past noon, almost at two o'clock. Uh, locked in coming up is Josh. I guess is in with you today. I assume uh, so. Yeah, uh, Josh knows his stuff, man. He's he knows his stuff, man. Uh, if Josh radio. is if Josh is doing locked in with me yeah. and then he's doing the rush with Teddy that is eight hours of radio today I don't know maybe man, so. who knows uh but Josh man he is he's a he grinds he does he's a big grinder and he's good too all right we're gonna break right here 
Thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Friday edition, one more segment to go, getting you ready for the weekend. We'll talk a little Sooner Hoops next. Time tomorrow, Sooners and TCU, 3 o'clock on ESPN2. Feels like kind of a big game for Oklahoma after they didn't play very well against Texas in the Superdrome on Monday night. Oklahoma, 12-4, uh, 2-2 and in the league. TCU, 11-2 and 1-1 one and one in the league. TCU did win at Kansas State, uh, 60-57 uh, the other night, so... Uh, you know, this feels like a pretty big game for Oklahoma. We'll talk about that and why in just a minute. But I know that Porter Moser was not happy with his team's execution against Texas earlier in the week. Just disappointed um, that we've been a high assist team all all year. We've just faced two elite defenses, and our, our response to Texas's defense was to um, just dribble an attack into their into their other defense, and thus creating turnovers. We had seven assists tonight. That's not us. Um, we've been moving it and sharing it. We've been one of the highest offensive efficiency teams in the country, and our response of of entry passes was just put our head down and dribble. And that's not what we do. And um, that very very disappointed. All right, and this seems like again, and Jamie Dixon's team—they're eleven and two, and they just won at Kansas State on the road uh, the other night. So I'm not saying this is a game. Absolutely, Oklahoma should go go win, but this is one of those uh, winnable road games in the league, Parker. That you feel like you can go get right. Uh, it's tough to win in Waco. It's tough to win in Lawrence. It's tough to win in Ames. Tough to win in Lubbock, but it's uh, it's much more. Uh, feasible that you can go to TCU and win this game. And then the next week they have Kansas and Baylor both at home. So to get this road win I think would be nice for Oklahoma going into next week because even though they're at home in both games, uh, two tough assignments with KU and Baylor coming to Norman. Well, any assignment is tough in the Big 12. Pretty much. Because this is – or at least looks at this point in the season like it's going to be the deepest and most talented conference in college basketball. So no doubt. there's a give and take there, and there's a, there's pros and cons, naturally, because your schedule week to week is going to be pretty tough, but you'll have a lot more leeway in the eyes of the selection committee when they look at your resume, and you've had to play the likes of Baylor and Kansas and Texas and Texas Tech several times over the course of conference play, right? And so as as things stand right now, I think Oklahoma is going to be very squarely in the tournament picture. And the way I always like to think about it, Mike, is in a conference like this, well, and in general too, the way I always like to conceptualize it is you're going to lose two games that you think you'll win for every one game that you win that you anticipate a loss in. Right, And so you can always generally take that expected loss total and multiply it by 1.5. And right now, as you look at Oklahoma's schedule, I think at season's end, that puts Oklahoma somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 to 21 wins. You win a game or two in the Big 12 tournament, that's more than enough to put you in the field of 68 in March. And then once you get to the field of 68, Mike, this is a team that based on what they have in terms of balance, in terms of scrappiness on defense, and in terms of outside shooting ability, to be able to make a pretty deep run. 
Yeah, and uh, I like this Oklahoma team. Obviously, they just didn't, uh, as Porter Moser say, execute very well against Texas. He was disappointed. You heard in the soundbite. But they can get this game coming up tomorrow, 3 o'clock on ESPN2. And again, they return home next week to the LNC Tuesday night against KU, 6 o'clock on ESPN. Uh, Oklahoma always plays Kansas well or wins at the LNC, it seems. On Saturday, at home against Baylor. And then after that, the next week, again, you have to go to Morgantown. And then in the Big 12 SEC Challenge, you have to go to Auburn to play fourth-ranked Auburn, which might be moving up higher based on what happened uh, to Baylor uh, earlier this week against Texas Tech. I do have a prediction regarding this season of Oklahoma basketball, Mike. Okay. And you might have to – freezing cold takes me on this if it doesn't come to fruition. I I think this is the year that Oklahoma snaps the drought at Fog Allen. Really? I think this mm. is the year they break through. Wow. It's been, what, almost 30 years? Terry Evans' year, right? Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So it's legitimately, it's legitimately been almost three decades since Oklahoma won at Kansas. I think they do that this year. There you go. Bold prediction from Parker. You heard it. Somebody record it. So when, he, when you know, we can embarrass him when it doesn't happen. No, we wouldn't do that. We do that to Mulesher, but not, you know, not our own colleague. All right, get on out to Riverwind Casino tonight, ladies and gentlemen. The $80,000 Rockin' and Reeling promotional giveaway begins at 6 o'clock, runs through 1130. Great chance to hear your name called to win your share of $80,000 in cash and bonus play. Make a night out of it. Have a great meal at the River Buffet on Steak Night or at Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant. Great entrees, great appetizers, great drinks there. Not a bad seat in the house if you want to watch any sporting event at Chips and Ales. Riverwind, simply the best. All right, everybody have a wonderful weekend. You got Locked In coming up next. Have a fabulous Friday. We'll see you on Monday here on The Ref.